TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 363, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Aaron Coleman, a host, actor, writer, and artist. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a television enthusiast. And this is Tom, and I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hey guys, thanks you for returning. Um, this week in the news, we have that George Clooney is doing a limited series on Watergate, uh, at Netflix. Uh, Judd Apatow's love has been canceled, uh, at Netflix and will end at season three. Good riddance. (laughs) I was like, there's a show called love on Netflix. Um, Apple or, go ahead. A a friend of mine was in the pilot and it was terrible. Okay. Uh, okay. Apple has ordered straight to series a space opera from Ron Moore, and the fact that they had to remind people that he did sci-fi before he did that little thing called Outlander is kind of funny to me. But um, they were is like, "Outlander it, that highly rated, or does it just have a rabid fan base?" It, and it a great gets publicist? it gets pretty good ratings, and it gets some like I think it's terrible. There's just too much rape the happening dude, in that the, show. The, the dude's been on the cover of Entertainment Weekly like twice this yeah, this it, summer. It, it's like, yeah. It's really popular. I personally just can't stand it. Um, but that's just me. I watched the first couple episodes. It's just not my jam. I watched the first season. I'm not, I'm not into teething bosoms and all that. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm has been renewed for season 10 at HBO. And uh, we have that Frontier has been renewed for season 3. Um, on Netflix, and you said you asked me a question I about just Frontier. To know if anyone's watching it, and and if they like it, I, I've heard some stuff about it, but you know, I just it didn't rise to the top of my list at well, all. First so. of all, I Jason watched, Momoa, I, come on! So I watched I season watched one. Was, I watched. I watched the pilot. It was decent. Yeah, I watched okay. season one and I liked it. The only thing I didn't like was there wasn't enough Jason Momoa. It's actually from the point of view of this guy that's just come from England and he's trying to. And he's like a spy, and he's trying to bring down Momoa's organization, which is like weird mob stuff in a frontier place. Because everybody wants the um, resources there, so everybody's fighting against everybody else. Okay. So, Wait, I, I thought it was good. Plenty, you'll Go get ahead. plenty of him in the Aqua Bro movie. I'm just, yeah, but it's free on Netflix. So, <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it, so if you want to give it a shot. It's- watch it as many times as she wants yes tom your your news yes um lauren schmidt hisrick is adapting the series of witch witcher novels for netflix are they novels or is the video game because there's a video game called the witcher well this is the novels i don't know anything about the video game Uh, marvel's the punisher has been renewed for season two no surprise to anybody it's i think it's um on uh imdb IMDB, I think it is the second highest rated Netflix Marvel series to Jessica Jones, which I would agree with. Uh, I don't know. I like Daredevil a lot. but Yeah, but bo- the thing uh, that I think sets both uh, Jessica Jones and Punisher apart is they're actually about something. Yeah. So that kind of elevates them. Um, Catherine Keener is going to be the female lead opposite Jim Carrey in the Showtime series Kidding. Mr. Robot has been renewed for season four at USA. Who cares? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I forgot to mention this before. SNL has named Michael Shea and Colin Jost as co-head writers for the show, which is cool because they're also the co-hosts of Weekend Update. Mm -hmm. And so he'll be the first black co-head writer. Oh, good for him. Um, Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon... And David E. Kelly are retaming for more Big Little Lies. I wonder if they're going to call it Bigger, Smaller Lies. <laughs> <laughs> bigger, Smaller Lies. JK. Um, 
Twilight Zone reboot from Jordan Peele has been picked up oh. at CBS All Access. And well, it's about. When I first heard Twi- Go ahead. When I first heard Twilight Zone reboot, I'm like, really? And when they said Jor- Jordan Peele, it's like, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> um, All right. Shooter has been renewed for season three at USA Network. Will Smith is going to host a Nat Geo event series, One Strange Rock, with Darren Aronofsky, executive producing. It's about Earth, but from a cosmic point of view. So if you've seen any of Aronofsky's movies, you know it's going to be probably a head trip of some type. Mm, and I'm finally, not super excited. Say what? I'm not super excited is what I said. Well, you know, well, it depends if you're an Aronofsky fan or not. Mm, and Will not Smith so obviously is slumming for basic and cable and premium (laughs) streaming so obviously he needs to work finally netflix has set a massive overall deal with stranger things producer sean levy which yay all right so let's move on with the shows first up we're going to talk about the mid-season finale of the walking dead and apparently i got the wrong podcasters on this week with me because you guys are losers and none of you have seen it um (laughs) But it, I feel like it needs a little bit of discussion because of what happened in the finale. Um, and I was of two minds. Like, when I finished watching it, I actually thought it wasn't bad. Because there was a lot of good action. And they actually put our our main characters way in a corner. Like, by, you know, you're getting towards the end. I was like, I have no idea how they're going to get out of this. Which is always a good place to kind of leave on a cliffhanger because you, you've left all your people in jeopardy and they're in to- they're in total jeopardy ends up with Alexandra blown up and on in, you know, in flames and destroyed and all our, all our leads are hanging out in a sewer hiding from Negan and everybody's pretty much been defeated and the kingdom's on fire and just like, Holy crap, what are they going to do? And that was all interesting and good. And then they do the big reveal where you find out that Carl was bit. And then it took a a weird turn for me because that like breaks the show a little because I've always assumed that the show has been from Carl's point of view that it was going to be the big reveal when it's over that Carl's the one that's been telling the story. So by killing him, it's like now you don't understand what the show is. It doesn't make any sense anymore. And I thought originally that this decision was made because uh, Chandler Riggs was going to college and he didn't want to do the show anymore. And that's, you know, and I was like, well, you know, I can't be mad at the actor if that's what he wants to do. Okay, sure. Uh, And then it gets revealed that that was not the case, that it was Scott Gimple who couldn't figure out how to make Rick go from wanting to kill Negan to sparing Negan's life. So he sacrifices Carl to get Rick to that mindset, which still doesn't make sense to me at this point. But so I was like, so you traded Carl for Negan, a a villain who should only be on the show for one top two seasons and then be gone. And now we're like, no, but we want to keep Negan and we have to figure out a way for that to happen. So let's kill Carl to make that happen. And that's not an that even doesn't trade. even that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, I know, especially like because Carl that, that would hasten his exit. Well, Carl doesn't get killed by Negan. Um, no, but still, I mean, considering all the people, you, you'd think that Rick would need to take it out on something. So he takes it out on Negan. Well, all of a sudden, Carl went from being super angry and going and killing a bunch of Negan's men to now he's like, oh, we can't kill a bunch of innocent people and we can't kill all the saviors and we have to form a community with everybody and you can't go the way you've been doing, Dad. You've got to believe in hope or something. He gives him this crazy speech that felt like it came out... Well, it didn't come out of nowhere because at certain points in Carl's life, he's expressed stuff like this, but it hasn't been towards Negan because when Negan killed Glenn and Abraham, Carl was incensed. He was super angry. So it just feels really weird that all of a sudden Carl's like, we need peace and we all need to just get along. Like, where did that come from? 
So he so Gimple's okay with changing Carl's entire mental outlook in one episode, but to have Rick change his whole mental outlook, he has to kill Carl. Like that that's completely illogical. And the fact that he only gave the actor like one episode notice cuz everybody's like, "Oh, he gave him 2 weeks notice cuz they let him know in 306 that he was going to die in 308." And I was like, "No, he got bit in 306." That's why they let him know. Uh, so he gave him no notice whatsoever. Well, if you if you want to read some vitriolic stuff, read what. Read oh, what I know his dad Chandler, was in Chandler Riggs, Chandler, Riggs, Chandler Riggs, Riggs' dad went public and just blasted the crap out of Gimble for oh, betrayal. It's like I didn't trust him, but my son trusted him, and my son was betrayed. It's like woo. Yeah, he was, the like, only thing that's negative about that is that it cuz cuz Chandler has been super professional about the whole thing. Like anytime anybody's that's asked what him about parents are for. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, he's been keeping his head and he's been super professional about it cuz he I, wants to work. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm saying he's learned from the best how to behave in the press. So he's learned from his co co-workers and uh andy uh, the big thing that i've heard from people on set is how angry andrew lincoln was he was not happy and he let gimple know so there's so not only did this move by gimple make the fans because he was like oh it'll make everybody sad it didn't make everybody sad it made everybody angry um and it also made the cast angry. And I think that's this is a huge miscalculation on Gimple's part. I don't think he saw how this move was going to affect everything. So instead of talking about great writing and where the show is going and how amazing everything and oh, isn't it sad that he killed blah, blah, blah characters, everybody now just is just angry at Gimple. So, uh, yeah, congrats if that was what he was going for. Voyage to the bottom of the ratings. <laughs> and people have said that they're going to quit, but I don't know. I, I told my friends, I was like, I, and I'm like a crazy Walking Dead fan. And yeah, I said, are. I'm going to give it to the end of the season and see how I feel. Um, see if the conclusion of the the war is satisfying See how they deal with the grief of Rick and Michelle. Because all I I was like last season, I was like, if I see Rick Grimes cry one more time, and now of course that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to be devastated. I just I don't know if I can deal with that, you know. So anyway, that is the end of my Walking Dead discussion. Um, yeah, I'm just resigned and angry, which is not, I don't think the point of what I was supposed to be feeling at the end of this. All right. Next up, let's talk about The Gifted and let somebody else other than me discuss it. What did you guys think? Um, well, you know, for me, I loved it. Um, and here's what I loved. Um, in particular, the end, I almost started applauding because what I love about The Gifted, what they're doing is that they're really tying in the X-Men universe with the mm-hmm. TV show. And so they brought in, um, I think the character, the telepath, I think her name is, is it Esme, I think? Um, yes. But here's what's so cool. From the comic books, Esme is part of a, a, a hive mind telepaths. There's five of them. And they were clones of Emma Frost, who was a, a telepath and a villain of the X-Men. And so she was cloned. And so these, so Esme is actually one of what they call the Stepford Cuckoos um, in the comic books. And so they're a hive mindset. And in the comics, two of them died. So now they're called three in one. And when I saw the three of them, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the Stepford Cuckoos. And I'm like, this is, I, 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 that just, I, I applauded because I love the way that they're using actual characters from the comic books and tying them in in a way that makes sense and that's right. still true to the canon of the X-Men universe. My so, only my only complaint is I think the actress playing the triplets is pretty bad. Like yeah. she's so like she was for the last couple episodes she's been telegraphing that she's yeah. in a, has an ulterior motive and just been like winking at the camera. Like it's it's been pretty 
I was like, bring it down already, you know? Yeah. So that's my one complaint about that. That might have been a mistake of the director. I mean, I don't know, but, you know, because I I agree with you, but I overall, I didn't think she was a horrible actress. Yeah, I did. And maybe it was just clunky direction, like that. Yeah, but it was over several episodes, so it's not the same director. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. So, uh, what did you think, Yusin, of the episode? Oh, gosh. I, you know, it was it's one of the few shows that I tend to watch either live or kind of early on. And since it's early in the week, I'm always a little blurry by the end of the week. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I really, you know, if I, if I know for sure, for sure I'm doing the podcast, sometimes I hold off and I'm just like, well, I'll watch the non-podcast shows first. So then once I forget them by the end of the week, it doesn't matter. Um, Are you trying to say you don't remember what happened in the episode? No, well, you kind of. Somebody just give me a real, real. I remember, <laughs> I remember how it ended. Look, here's what I'll say. Oh, wait, was that the one where they they, they blow up the adamantium uh, uh, cell? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Great. Yeah. I'll just be quick. I, I really like the show. It's gotten better and better. Um, I feel almost like it's. Um, you know, it's like a car on a ramp on a highway, you know, it was, I was, you know, it's kind of slow where you taking me what's happening. Now I'm full on the highway with the, you know, pedal to the floor. I'm speeding along happily. Um, I like the direction it's going. Like, like Aaron said, I'm not a, a comic book follower, so I don't know about the tie-ins, but I could kind of tell, you know, and I love that you told me about the Emma Frost connection. Um, so without even knowing it, I almost, I almost like instinctively know that they're, you know, these characters are have some sort of importance in the world. Um, so I'm not always guessing what's happening, which is nice. Um, and again, I've said this all we, uh, all season long. I like the action. I like the grit. And I definitely like the show better than I did in the beginning. Oh, it's yeah. not my Agreed. favorite show, but I'm real happy watching it. And like I said, it means something when I don't like sit on it and be like, what else is on? And then, you know, I watch it on a Thursday. I tend to watch it day of or day right after. So that says a lot. Yeah, I would agree. And this this episode, other than the uh, chewing of the scenery, I thought that the twins did a... Well, they're not twins. The brother and sister, siblings, they did a great job of showing, trying to stand up to this bad guy adults and trying to do the right thing versus being terrified of their situation. Cause, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, that guy was super intimidating. And then once he shot their friend, like, yeah, yes. they're, they're totally... Uh, scared of the situation, and it really worked. You know, I've been griping about the the kid, the the this the boy, boy sibling. Yeah, the boy, the whole season. But uh, you know, he is getting better. And I thought the the kind of um, subtlety it wasn't. It's the, actually the opposite, but in a good way. You know, that kind of a pain and conflict about do what do we do and all of that stuff. It could have easily gone off the rails. Um, so, and I thought, dang, when he shot, you know. Uh, the friend and I thought, wait, is she dead? Is she dead? And then I thought, yep. oh, they mean business. You know, on the show, I was like, oh, they mean business, which I like also because that ups the ante, you know, for everyone and the show and the viewers. Um, and I thought that if the if the scene slash episode was going to go off the rails, it was going to be when you know in it, when the they were focusing on the kids and that conflict and stuff. And the fact that they pulled it off, I thought, all right, I'm in it. I'm emotionally invested and there's, you know, this stuff has gotten real and, you know, so I, kudos to him and maybe I'll shut about, shut up about him for the rest of the series. <laughs> you know, Any last comment, Aaron, before we move on? Um, only thing, and it's a little bit what uh, you some touched on when they killed the character dreamer. Um, I was like, Oh wow. I said, okay. I didn't see that coming. Because I, I was sad to say, but I was happy to see that somebody who was who we've seen each and every week um, did get killed in this war. So it made it a little bit more, um, it raised the stakes for me. And I think it's going to take the storyline in some good directions going forward. Because she's kind of been a little bit of a tie-in between Blink and, and um, um, I think his name is, uh, uh, I can't think of his the name. The leader right. guy, I know you're talking about. Yeah, um, John Proudstar. And so I think that's going to be, I think it's just, I think that was good for story. So I look forward to seeing where they're going to take it. Right. All right. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about The Flash. And we'll start off with Tom this time. Uh, This was the mid-season finale, and the episode was called Don't Run. 
I thought it was a good mid-season finale. And one of the interesting things is they did acknowledge how tacky it was for Oliver and Felicity to get engaged during uh, the process of Iris and Barry's wedding. Let yeah. alone get married. Yeah, yeah that was terrible. Mm-hmm. It so, was listed as the worst. Uh, they did the best and worst engagements of the year, and it got listed. So, <laughs> I think that... Uh, That's a list? Yes, it was like Entertainment <laughs> Weekly did a list. Of course they did, because they've got nothing better to do. <laughs> um, in terms of the uh, actual... I've been lukewarm on The Thinker as a villain, because the problem is, I mean, Flash has such a great rogues gallery, and The Thinker doesn't even register near the top of them. But they've turned a couple of them into quasi-good guys, Captain Cold and uh, Heat Wave. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. But the trap the thinker puts Barry in, that he actually switches bodies and then frames Barry for his murder, that was clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That was a good little... Uh... I didn't see that coming. And, and I like that his instinct is always to run, and he realized that if he ran, he fell right into the thinker's plan. Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, so are we saying this one's thumbs up? Yeah, it was wrong? a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I All hope right. it's a portent of things to come. Portent. Nice. Yes. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow, and this was their midseason finale, and they surprised me. Well, they didn't surprise me that they were trying to, like, do a get-out-of-jail-free-for-Marty-and-bring-him-back thing. But they surprised me by, instead, not only did they say Marty's death is permanent, but we also lost um, Jackson. Like, I didn't see that coming at all. I didn't realize that was for real, for real, but it is. But we're we're getting another... Uh, young African-American superhero in exchange from a different show. What? No! Are we getting Kid Flash? That's what I hear. Come on! Because all young African-Americans are equal? Like, come on. No, but (laughs) it's Negro Negro Librium. (laughs) Libya, come on. It's not just for The Walking Dead. (laughs) This is in a positive way. A brother leaves, they bring another brother up. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Not, that, you know, minority people are, you know, interchangeable. It's not like, yeah. well, well you're you... person, close enough. <laughs> yeah, wow. so, yeah, I mean, the other, I was wondering how they were going to write themselves out, because I thought that going back and going to visit young Martin was somehow going to figure into it, or because the baby's name was Ronnie, I thought that might figure into it. But this is for real. You know, he's he's really... I mean, they both have really left the show. He's so. doing Hello, Dolly. I know, he I know. is. But yeah. why he does is, that mean but, that the kid has to the leave? Kid playing, yeah, the kid who's playing Jax isn't doing Hello, Dolly. Yeah, no, he's but, just going to be unemployed. Maybe they just couldn't figure it out. You know, some way to make it, you know... They could have figured possible. something out. They could have given him another power. Yeah. Uh, that would have yeah. been easy. Or or found a new host for the Firestorm Matrix. Yeah, right. exactly. Yes. Ooh. I don't I'm kind of over it. I, I, I'm fine with that decision. I mean, I'm not happy he lost a job, but um, but what I will say is this. Um, I I don't want two flashes, you know, in on Flash. Flash is Flash. I don't need Flash, Baby Flash, Sister Flash. <laughs> you said Baby Flash. Jumping Jack Flash. Yeah. So I don't. It's just Flash, and now and then what? The plus of the you know Scooby Team and you know the whole thing. So I just they're Team Flash. So I I. I, I don't mind the idea if they want to preserve him because they've established him and um, maybe the producers like him and they don't want him to be unemployed. But um, I'm, you know, and they've already crossed over people. So it's kind of like a bridge, you know, <laughs> it exists. And um, if they're going to scooch him over onto the other show, I'm fine with that. And and maybe even looking forward to it because I don't want two flashes. And with the with the uh, the girl, with what, Wells' daughter, there's really three? That's oh, Jesse, Jesse Quinn? Yeah, but she's yeah. on Earth too, so... No, no, I know. I'm just saying in the universe, on the show. I just, I don't want it. So I'm, I'm happy with that decision. I That's- mean, the, the thing is, Legends was created to have a rotating membership. Mm-hmm. And it's good that they're actually having a rotating membership. 
I so I, I'll be interested to see how long Constantine stays for. I know. I'm I like excited. Constantine I a lot. That. I thought he showed that, up. That, yeah. that, that, that was that was a crazy development because yep. what's funny is one of my students told me before I watched the episode, and I had forgotten by the time I saw it. It's like, oh yeah, I yeah. I like somewhere. Constantine a lot, so I'm I'm thumbs up for that. Yeah. All right. And and, and, the, and the episode itself was fun. I mean. It was historically completely inaccurate, but who, you know, my wife is a medievalist, but who cares? It was fun. And the idea <laughs> I'm, of them I'm not expecting the historical idea, accuracy. But the idea of them worshipping a Furby is hysterical. <laughs> that was great. I liked it too. So, Libya, do you still feel they've gone too far to the comedy that's, side? That's pretty movie? far. You have to admit that. That is pretty yeah, far. It, and then you have Damien Dark dressed as Odin. Come on. I, you know, here's the thing. Damien Dark, bleh, he's boring. He's boring. I like the actor. I just wish he was, I want him off this show because he's really good in other things. Um, they just have like not been Neil, writing Neil, to his, his ability. I like Neil McDonald as an actor, but Damien Dark as a character sucks. I said that. They're not writing to his ability. He has the ability mm-hmm. to knock it out of the park, and they're not writing to that. So. Nope. You know, I will say this. I want to mention this. I was ready to dump Legends, you know, uh, and I I don't know. I think there was someone else who was kind of with me on the podcast, but I did say I'm going to give it a little bit longer, and I'm happy I did because its energy is completely, not completely different, but it's different than The Flash. It's just silly, and I feel like they got the right notes now um, uh-huh. with yeah. the humor and the outlandishness and the, you know, I just... Just, it is what it is, and and until it found its comfortable footing in this kind of goofiness, I was, you know, the growing pain or the change was a little awkward, and I thought, oh, I don't know about this. But now I'm 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 settled. I'm like, meh, this is this kind of a show for me. So okay. you know, we gotta wrap this just, up. We gotta oh, wrap this one up. One last question: Is it just me, or does that female time agent who who hates them does she have totally totally have chemistry with Sarah? She does. Yeah. Okay, just just making sure it wasn't just me because the first time I'm like, huh? Okay, uh, and they're 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 plugging that too. Okay. All right, uh, next up, let's talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine. And you talk about change of tone. What's really interesting about these last couple episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine is it's normally silly, goofy fun, which I don't have a problem with. But then they deal with this kind of semi-serious storyline with Captain Holt where he owes a mobster a favor. And the episode is about trying to cheat their way out of the favor, only to have it come back and slap them in the face even worse. I was like, wow, this is this is semi-serious. I love it. I love the show because of its lighthearted, uh, certain, a specific voice, you know, humor. Um, and I do, I've fallen in love with every single one of the characters. Um, but I'm not opposed to and and very fine with the more dramatic aspect that they've kind of injected and, and they've left that for our cliffhanger. I will be disappointed, however, if with the new season coming up, they kind of spend too much time on this or or they get a little heavy handed and I kind of lose the joy. You know, some episodes are a little more serious than others and whatever, but there's always that overarching kind of, you know, happy goofiness about it. Um, So it's interesting. I'm not upset about it. I think the show can handle it. But as to whether or not they do actually do a good job without alienating me and kind of making me sad that my happy show is, you know, gone too dark. Uh, I will be really interested in seeing, but I I think it can handle a little bit of dark. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm saying I am too. I am. I'm just a little worried. That's all. All right. So, uh, my question, do you think, what do you think Captain Holt should do now that this gangster has threatened his husband? You know what? I don't know. And that's kind of what I like about the show. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's cute. It's a cute show. But, like, you know, they definitely have great little twists. Even, and for me, hands down, the best episode of the the season, uh, and I'm not a big fat romantic, uh, was, you know, his proposal to Amy. Oh, that was which, pretty good. Uh, not only was, like, you know, wonderfully heartfelt and, and really, you know, funny, um, it had a twist in it and stuff, you know? And so I thought, you know, that's, they do that 
for, for me. So I don't know. I'm, and that's part of the excitement and the cliffhanger bit is like, how are they going to handle this? Like it, it, within the world, you know, right. how are they going to handle this? And externally, the show, how are they going to handle this? Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm coming up drawn blank. Really, right. I have no idea. Thumbs up. All right. Next up, up, we're going to talk about Kevin probably saves the world. And you have to say it like that every time you say the title of the show. Yes. Uh, I'm loving this season and I like especially this episode, which basically did a callback to every episode this season. And it was a big culmination. It was it could have been almost the season finale um, because it was a culmination of everything that Kevin had done all season and it all led him to this. And I like that at the end, Kevin has more faith in the mission than his angel counterpart does. She's kind of lost faith. And I I thought that was really interesting to show the contrast between them, especially knowing how they started. Yeah. Yeah, It's really part of what I love about the show. They're really fully giving her a a role. You know what I mean? She isn't the sidekick. She isn't one dimensional. Um, She isn't the, you know, the butt of the jokes or the silly, you know, the dancing minstrel. Um, I, I love it, you know? Um, so they, they're both having their journeys, you know, they're both having their conflicts. Um, they're kind of figuring it out together. Uh, one a supernatural being and a, you know, run of the mill average guy, although apparently he's not the average guy. He's one of the last righteous. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you. It absolutely could have been a season ender. Um, I'm, I'm glad it's not. Cause that means I get more. Um, I just love the show. I love it. I, I, every episode, I love it more. It, you know, you guys love your, this is us. Uh, and you're super happy with the, the fact that it makes you cry. I'm super happy. This show makes me cry a little, just enough for me to feel like, oh, I went <laughs> a jerk, you know? I, I, not a, this is us cry, but a definite, you know, like, Oh, I'm, you know, thank you for taking me there, you know, um, but that's it. I don't need to cry as much as you people do. So, um, but I apparently, um, but I, I just, it's a lovely mix of heart and um, faith. And I'm not a religious person. I mean, I used to be, but I feel I'm a spiritual person and, and I used to actually be very Christian. Um, so I thought, I think they walk a fantastic line of like a kind of a non-specific, uh, you know, s- as secular as you can be, but, but still talking about faith. So I think they they handle the the kind of um, faith, humor, heart, just beautifully. And none of it's saccharine. It could be so easily saccharine, but that the lead, you know, um, what, what oh God, what's his Ritter? name? Jason Ritter. Yeah, he just hits the notes, and he is a funny guy. So he's naturally funny. I think he's charismatic. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't be happier with the show. I kind of feel like I don't have a complaint. You know, like, oh, well, I, I, just, I like everything. I was just going to say episode specific. I really like that it all came to fruition and they actually did find another righteous by the end of the episode. I thought that was yeah. that was really great. It was time. Yeah. time i was wondering how long they were going to drag that out and even that was timed perfectly i thought yeah. well if we're doing you know half season finales you're so right they did a great job of just wrapping up everything tying everything and wrapping it up yeah, yeah. so thumbs up for me you you are convincing me to give you're convincing me to give this show a try you should no the critics were not kind at first which is why i skipped it yeah. but i do like jason ritter and yeah. fun fact i actually worked with his dad on an episode of touched by an angel season three and uh, <laughs> that's very poignant he, he, for the he show was, he, he, he he was a great guy i mean he was a great guy and he reminds me so much of his dad just in yeah. terms of his comic timing and his affability yeah. so i i will try to see if i can binge it yes over break I, and start I, joining I just, you i was just gonna say tom do me the favor if you're gonna go to the trouble of watching it give it a chance I, I I liked it immediately, but I was also like for the first three episodes, I was like, I oh, this seems a little, you know, well, how are they? What are they going to do? So even if you start watching and you're like, I don't know what those folks are talking about, you know, be <laughs> like, um, the, you know, I just give it a chance. If you're going to go for it, give it at least three. Okay, gotcha. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Runaways, and I think it was episode six. I want to say for Runaways, it was the big gala. 
they had the big party and they were trying to break into their parents' uh, internet to get the tapes or video footage of them doing the ceremonies over the last 15 years. And their plan was media. I've seen bigger or better heists put together. These, I mean, there's like five or six of them and they only utilize like three people on the team and the rest of them were just supposed to mingle. That is not using your team properly. That's all I'm saying. And you find out glowy girl can fly. Come on. Why is she not part of the team? That's supposed to be doing this. Uh, anyone else? You find out oh, by accident. In, in the I know, it. but she knew she could glow. <laughs> I'm just saying, you have a team of six people and you only use three of them for the mission? Okay. Here's the thing. I do agree with you. I thought it would have been a better episode if it had been a little more frantic and everybody was kind of doing stuff. But, yeah. but uh, if you really, first of all, even even if we didn't know she could fly, I don't know how they could have used her glowiness. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Distraction! I wouldn't have been like, well, no, because then she reveals herself. I don't know how they would have been like, let's use the glowy girl to, you know, well, I don't know. So, so I think, um, because the show is trying to give us, you know, balance, not just with the, with the, you know, intrigue and the main kind of whatever, they got to develop characters and issues. And this episode was about her burgeoning or revealing to us and possibly to herself and to other people in the group, uh, you know, her feelings for Nikki. Is her name Nikki? Nico. 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 Um, you know, and so I kind of thought it was going to go in that direction anyway, and I feel like someone might have spoiled that for me from the comics. Um, but uh, so it made sense, you know, she wasn't involved. I mean, this was her. Let's develop her character and let's, you know, talk about her conflict and stuff. So I didn't mind in that aspect that not everybody was involved, but I agree with you. It kind of would have been more fun and make more sense if everybody had a part in the plan. You know, more like Italian job. You know, everybody. Right, right, you know, right. Uh, I get it. I agree with you. Aaron, what did you think? Um, you know, I, I liked the episode. Um, here's what I liked about it. Um, I wish it would have came a little bit earlier in the season, but I did like seeing um, the relationships. Um, in particular, what hit me was the relationship between Chase and his dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that that was, I, I liked that, especially because from the first episode, they were there was a wall between them. Um, and he was actually fearful of his father to, you know, now seeing them, you know, hold each other over the brain cancer and all that. I thought that that was, I, I like that. I also like seeing... Because I couldn't remember um, seeing Frank with his daughter Carolina, a glowing girl. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember seeing a lot of interaction from them. Or if they did, I don't remember it from previous episodes. But I really got a sense of the father-daughter bond, which right. I liked. Um, and so they, had, the they had the big reveal about the affair. Father. Yes. No, the affair. Oh, yeah. The affair. Oh, sorry. Well, what I, th I thought was great was when Chase was telling Nico about it, he was like, I can't believe our parents cheated with each other. And she was like, you mean my mom and your dad? And he was like, no. And he was like, my mom. He goes, she goes, my mom and your mom? And he's like, no, my mom and your dad. And the thing is, is she she's so close to her dad and she loves her dad so much, it never even occurred to her that her father could be the bad guy in this situation. And then he, she realized why her mom was crying. And that was a really good moment. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Good character development. We, yeah. yeah, we're, it, yeah. Aren't, all their aren't all their parents bad guys? Technically speaking. Well, that, yes. That's yes. the whole point. Okay, that's just, the, just, you know, but now we're seeing the humanization and the possible, maybe they aren't all bad guys. We right. don't really know how they all got sucked into it. You know what right. I mean? They've just yeah. been doing it for 15 years, which is the bad. And we also get the feeling that the girl whose parents were killed, um, mm -hmm. one, that they couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't go around killing these teenagers and tried to get out some kind of way. And that's probably what got them killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're getting that, that inkling. And then the, the youngest girl, who's usually one of the smartest, did something really stupid was annoying. Uh, I thought uh, that was manipulative. Yeah, because she's of... usually really smart. And why did all of a sudden she get dumb? Like, yeah. even from the text, you could tell. I was like, that's a stupid text. Why would you do that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was lazy writing. It just it want they wanted to move the you know the whole thing forward, and I was actually very disappointed in them. I thought, what that seems out of character, and 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 it's too easy and lazy yeah. writing, and it's yeah annoying youngest kid. It was a trope. Yeah, no, I I was that was actually a big you know no no for me. Yeah, because they've shown they've gone through a lot to show how smart she is, and mm-hmm. then yep. to just make her be dumb for no reason. Yeah. All right. But overall, I really like this episode. I like that now the parents have figured out at least one of the kids knows what's going on. So, yay. All right. Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about Gotham. And this was... Yes, leave my show alone. (laughs) All right. Aaron, what did you think of the newest episode of Gotham? Oh, man. Did I really enjoy it? Um, I mean, uh, the, the the twist, which I, I knew Carmine Falcone was going to get it. Yeah. Um, and I suspected it was his daughter, but then they I threw me I didn't suspect off. the daughter at all because I'm you know why naive I, you know what I, I, I disrespect her because he was the only thing that really, uh, that he was the only thing that really kind of bumped against her. Um or anyone who had the power to stop her. So, right. but then they threw me off. Then I was like, okay, it wasn't Sophia because you know. But then it was, and I was like, oh, that was great. Yeah, um, that was that was good. I didn't see that coming. That was really good. Yeah, and I liked that they're building her to be a, just an absolute sociopath. You know, so I think that that was really cool. Um, and Barbara, Selena, and Tabitha, um, who I just called them the triplets. Um, <laughs> I'm loving them. I'm loving their interaction. I think that they bring the right um, community. Well, right chemistry. now, they feel like one person. They haven't yes. really had their individual trope, except that uh, Tabby went and kidnapped uh, um, Butch. Solomon Green. Yes. Yeah. Who is now back to being Butch. Yay! Because apparently yeah. a well-placed pipe to the forehead is what does it. <laughs> a few few well placed strikes. <laughs> yes. yes. She, she took him to task. But um but the biggest shocker for me was Sophia uh, and and the pig or piggy. I was like, "What?" Oh, I and I was I he's a really good villain, so I was really uh sad that she shot him. I know. Cuz he's know. such a and, great villain. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You know, so I thought that there was some really good elements. And I mean, seeing Bruce Wayne and and um, Alfred uh, duke it out, um, it, it had a, a strong, you know, um, you can see the father-son bond and the young man kind of, you know, trying to stretch himself to see how far he could go. Um, and then I thought that that was a great twist where he fired him. And I said, okay, we're, we're going some places here. Um, we know ultimately Alfred's going to come back. But I like seeing the journey that these characters are taking. Well, um, basically, he has to hit rock bottom. And Alfred's yeah. trying to keep him from doing that because he's a father figure. But Bruce has to hit that bottom rung on his own uh, to where he's willing to get help. And he's not there yet. True. True. Um, so my prediction going forward... But I have a question. Up- I know he's rich, but he's only like 15 or 16. How are they letting him go around getting drunk and sleeping with all these women? Like, this feels weird. Does it not feel weird to you? It does feel weird. Come on. What'd you say? I mean, think about I said rich kids get to do everything. Yeah. I mean, even Barrymore. Think about her. And that was the 80s. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I don't yeah. know. It's just well, I'm not. I'm not surprised that in reality, rich kids can do whatever they want. But on television, they're portraying this is still regular network television. He's only supposed to be 15 or 16. I'm not even sure which he's supposed to yeah. be. And he, Alfred wakes him up with two women in bed with him, and he's yeah. so hungover he can barely stand. And I'm surprised the network let them get away with it. That's all. Mm. Yes. Uh, but anyway, overall, I, I'm liking where Gotham is going right now. It's hurt. It hurts yeah. my feelings for Bruce because it hurts to see him hurt. Um, but the rest of it, I think, is going nicely. All right. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Happy. 
And this is a new show that's on Sci-Fi Channel, and it's starring, um, oh, wow. Thank you. I just blanked on his name. Christopher Maloney, my my TV boyfriend. He just doesn't know it yet. Um, <laughs> but that lets you know, I'm already predisposed to like this show because I love Christopher Maloney. And it is hyper-violent. Mm-hmm. The blood is everywhere. That's true. But... You stopped watching it before we got to the fun uh, Patton Oswalt, who's fantastic in this show. He's so yeah, but good. Still, dude, you know, dream. The dream sequence was the dream sequence is as violent as 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 much as you're gonna get. Like that was the top. Yeah, of but that 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 predisposes me to not want to watch anything you do. I mean, but I think it was, it was like on purpose. I think it was like, this is not your grandma's show. You know what I mean? They like wanted to open it with a bang. It was a bit of a, I'm not saying it wasn't much, but I I definitely think that it was really a conscious decision to be like, folks, this is going to be a wild ride. You know what I mean? And, and I think I, I I mentioned this uh, off podcast, uh, but Tom, do, I can't remember. Do you like or not like American Gods? Not a fan. Okay. okay. So I mean, that kind of makes sense because I, when I first watched, start, I knew nothing about American Gods, nothing. Uh, when I first started watching it, I, I don't know that I was put off by it, but I, uh, the violence, but I, I was certainly aghast. You know, I just was like, what? What am I? What am I watching? What am I going to be watching? Um, and it is hyper violent. So and 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 uh, uh, this vivid, show's not stuff. as as violent as American. No, Gods, no, no, not think. at all. But but that's my point. Is I was already I, I allowed American God to be that way. So when this first scene opened up, I wasn't like Tom, just kind of so put off. I I maybe American Gods desensitized me. In the end, it isn't as violent as American Gods, but that's my point. If I can let American Gods be that violent, then this show is less so. Well, let's talk about the nice, fluffy stuff that's in the episode, which is the purple flying um, horse. Convince me to go back for episode two. uh, Patton Oswalt just did such a great job as as Happy, who is the imaginary friend of the little girl who gets kidnapped, um, because what's so great about it is he starts off as a super kind of innocent horse thing, unicorn. I'm not sure what he is. Um, in the second episode, which what's interesting is that they change each other because before the end of the episode, Happy is convinced. I don't even know what the Chris Maloney's character is called. Oh, wait, uh, Dax Rex. Uh- Sax. Sax. Uh, there we go. Nick Sax. Uh, conv- they uh, happy convinces him that he's real, and once he convinces him that he's real, that kind of changes the tone of how they deal with each other. And what I really enjoyed about the second episode is that by hanging out with Dax as much as Happy has, it has actually corrupted him a little. It's made uh happy willing to lie for him and cheat and he ended up falling into a pile of cocaine and then he got really high and 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 so that's pretty hilarious and happy was was complaining about the fact that he had come to get dax to help him save his little girl but he's corrupted him he's like i've only been around you for a day and look at all the things that i've done and he's like i don't need to be around you but on the on the reverse of that, uh, Happy being around Dax has actually changed Dax as well. So I actually think that that's really interesting. So uh, so now where they left off, he's can finally convinced him to do something to help save his daughter. So that's where we leave off at, at the end of episode two. And I'm like, all right, I want to see this. And we've also seen that uh dax's character's like immortal like i'm not quite sure he gets shot in the chest and then has a heart attack and when he gets shot they're like oh my god you've been shot he's like i'm more worried about the heart attack and when you you find out later it's because he had a vest on but then he went out a window and he did like all these things that should kill him don't and he basically talks about the fact that he can't die um so i'm curious to find out what's going on with that i don't think he knows why he can't i know die, but he sure 
certainly figured it figured that it, he it seems like he can't um yeah i i i would I, yeah i would be a little disappointed maybe if i if we find out that he's like mystical in some way because the blue horsey thing is enough mysticism for me you know what i mean um but i i will back you up i thought pat Oswalt was fantastic and uh, i even like the um i like the uh cgi or 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 the actual artistry of the you know the illustration of of the of the the um horse um it's like cute and goofy and you know it kind of reminded me a little bit uh, of uh, Roger Rabbit, but yeah, computer, yeah, you know, but that energy, you know, um, it just really, yeah. I mean, it did remind me a little bit of Roger Rabbit, but not in a bad way, and not super derivative, but enough for me to be like, oh, you're adorable. Um, <laughs> but the show would not work if Patton Oswalt, uh, you know, the, of course it's high concept. We don't need to say that out loud, but um, it's it, you know, you just and I'll I'll tell you this much. I read um an article. Uh, but I also spoke to someone who who cast the show. Actually, uh, they were responsible for casting it. And um, you know, Chris Maloney has a producing credit. I think it's executive producing credit. And a lot of times, those things are just vanity, you know, plates. But um, he was super into this when the script was brought to him, and he has a lot of input into it. Apparently, everyone on the show is, forgive me, but very happy. You know, they're happy to work <laughs> on it. They're excited about it. I mean, he's super excited. Apparently, he has a lot of input. Um, uh, the feedback that I got back from the first, what they were saying, the first two episodes, like early on, in the first episode, uh, uh, he ad-libs a bunch of stuff, and they keep it in there. So a lot of the one-liners or some of the humor stuff, you you know, watch it, guys, because he might have just pulled it out in the scene. Um, apparently, he likes to do that. And that brings me to my point, which is... Um, He's not boyfriend material for me, but I enjoy his work, and I cannot remember. He was in something relatively recently where he kind of showed his comedy chops. And even though this is a grizzled cop, you know, that kind of a thing, um, he he definitely has to be, you know, has to have the quips and the humor and all that stuff. And I think his timing is good. Like, I think uh, you you can kind of... I can tell he's loving it. I mean, I was told he was loving it, but, you know, he just relishes in the, you know, I get to be this grizzled old, you know, quippy kind of cop guy. So it, that makes me want to watch it. I don't know, Tom, if you're a I, fan of him or well, not. But I, got but... It. I, I want Aaron to get a chance to talk. Yeah, sure, real quick. Get in there. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm loving the show. Um, and, and what's so cool, and we were talking about the animation of Happy, um, I love that it's so cartoony. There's such a great contrast. Um, and I think it really uh, balances it out with, with, you know, the hardcore violence that we get. And I feel like it's just an excellent balance so that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Right. And um, and, and that's what I, I absolutely adore. And I, and I agree with you, you son. You can see Christopher Maloney is having the time of his life because so many years in Law & Order, I forgot he was funny. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> He did the sitcom where he played a dad. I can't remember the name of it. And then I, I got to see him be comedic. I was like, oh, this guy actually is funny. So now I feel like this is like a perfect marriage um, of his law and order and, and the, the, the sitcom that he did. And now he gets to be a tough, grizzled guy who is hilarious and just being able to let go and just have the time of his life. And I mean, I, I'm loving the story. Um, Finding out that he has a daughter, um, you know, and now being pushed to have to do uh, to go and save her. So I'm loving watching the character development of, of, of Nick Sachs. I think it's really, really interesting and a journey that I can't wait to see more. And I think that these two, this is his daughter's imaginary friend. Right. That's what I love. That's and awesome. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? And because I remember I was a kid, I had an imaginary friend. And now seeing that imaginary friend take on a life of itself. And go find a father. I, I thought, hey, beautiful. Right. I thought that was a great story. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm loving it. All right, let's wrap that one up. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Crown. And when I say we, I mean Tom. Um, the Crown <laughs> has premiered its second season on Netflix. And how many episodes have you seen so far, Tom? I've seen, I'm over over the hump for, I think, uh, I think there's 10 episodes I've seen episodes. So six, I'm on like seven. Okay. So your impression, one season one versus season two. Uh, well, they're both good. I'm, 
and just uh, full disclosure, I'm not an Anglophile per se. I mean, I didn't know much. I mean, I've been to England many, many times, but I've never been, you know, a royal watcher. And when Princess Diana died, I was sad, but I wasn't like, like oh my gosh, devastated like some of my friends were. But this show is aces, and Claire Foy and Matt Smith, especially. What's uncanny about season is Matt. There are there are moments where there are pictures, and if you look side by side of Matt Smith and Claire Foy and the real Elizabeth and Philip at that age, Matt Smith is really a dead ringer for Philip at that age. It's <laughs> uncanny, and of course, people love him because he he was the doctor. But um, season one basically starts as her father starts with her father in the crown, and then tells the story of you know him passing and her. Be- Becoming, you know, one of the youngest monarchs, and I think she's the longest uh, reigning monarch in in British history. But season and, and Princess Margaret's a hoot. She's just <laughs> she's just like that that wacky, naughty best friend. But she's a princess, <laughs> so she uh, the, the big scandal season one is she was in love with a with a married man who was willing to get a divorce, and that's like a total no no when your sister is a the queen and b the head of the Anglican Church. But the reason I want I I coerced slash cajoled slash pleaded with uh, Lydia to let me talk about <laughs> season two, episode six deals with David Windsor, and for those of you who don't know who he is, he was Edward. Uh, he was the Edward who abdicated to marry the American divorcee Wallace Simpson. And season one, they're around, and they're crass, and they're awful people, and they're, you know, we don't like them at all. This episode, and one of the criticisms I read about season one is, oh, they don't deal with the dude's treason and his being a a, a Nazi sympathizer. Episode six dies in full bore, and it's a stunning piece of television. Um, And what's really kind of interesting is that when Billy Graham did one of his crusades in England, she basically invited him to come to the uh, to come visit her and to preach at her. At, you know, I don't know. I don't think it was Westminster Abbey. I think it's one of the smaller ones. But anyway, she struck up a friendship with Billy Graham, and I'm not sure where the historical timeline stands. But basically, David Windsor is wanting back in the country, and because of the terms of his abdication, he had to get explicit permission from the crown to re-enter England. And he's scheming, and he's scheming, and basically Elizabeth is trying to be a good Christian, and she's going to, she, she's, she's inclined to, and then um, her husband Philip says, don't talk to Tommy LaSalle's. And Tommy was basically her father's chief of staff. I'm probably getting name wrong and base and meanwhile the brits there was a file about his nazi activities that was buried by the brits but the americans also have it and so the british historians are like we need to get permission to publish it because we don't want to be scooped by the americans and tommy sits down with elizabeth and lays out what dear uncle david was up to and the guy was scum i mean he was actively actively plotting with Hitler, basically that if Hitler was able to conquer Britain or Britain surrendered, Hitler was going to put him back on his throne, basically doing God knows what to his brother, who was the rightful king after the abdication. And when Elizabeth, when when Claire Foy is Elizabeth, when she finds out, it's like, you know, kind of heartbroken. And what was kind of a cool button of the episode is she has another meeting with Billy Graham and asks him about forgiveness and what happens if you can't forgive somebody. And he just tells her, you pray for, you pray for yourself and you pray for that person. And the wisest choice they made at the end of the episode, they showed pictures of, of David Windsor and Wallace Simpson and all their Nazi cavorting, including pictures with Hitler. It's like the dude was scum. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, (laughs) you're you're glad that he's exposed for what he was but treason of the highest order and also plotting against your brother after you abdicate the throne to marry your you know your skanky girlfriend so it's it's a great episode and it's a, it's a fun series <laughs> okay all right what's so um, funny about that well your opinion about his skanky girlfriend made me laugh 
that's all. Dude, <laughs> that, that compared to what Brits think of this woman, that's being very kind. <laughs> well, their biggest issue was she got divorced. Yes. As far, as, but anyway, let's not let's no. not get in. Uh, stop, stop. We're not yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. into it. We're not going to get into it. We're going to okay. move on. All right. Uh, it, next up, we're going to talk Google about game, kids. <laughs> next up, we're going to talk about Agents of Shield, and I think this was episode four of Agents well, of Shield in th- th- Spain. Th- th- hey, three and hey. three and four. Yes, three and four. Agents oh, of right, space, right. We, we missed Agents two of S.H.I.E.L.D. in space in the future. Yes. Uh, this has been pretty great. This has been probably one of the strongest starts that S.H.I.E.L.D. has had to a season in a really long time. I am thoroughly enjoying this because, one, I have no idea how they're going to get back. I don't know how they're going to save the future. I don't know if they're supposed to save the future. I don't know anything other than, holy crap, and you're just kind of like along for the ride with with our team and they have no clue what they're doing and everything is a surprise and um they're caught behind the eight ball because they don't really know what's going on and they're trying to figure it out and that's fantastic i totally thumbs up for me uh thoughts anyone else i'm just i don't disagree with you but still it's such a it's such a strange thing to do with what was supposed to be kind of a procedural set in the marvel universe yeah, but they haven't been that in years. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, I, I mean, the and thing the thing is, is, when have you like, ever enjoyed a procedural more than a serialized show? That doesn't happen. When I, when I say procedural, I'm not saying it doesn't have serial elements. But still, I mean, the, the thing that makes it work is by this point, they've the characters, the cast, the chemistry, etc., is all good. I just the Cree, ugh, the dudes in that. Yeah, the dude's the, what? He's just, Say that again. I'm not gonna complete. Okay, because I did, I thought I was cut off. I didn't hear what I, you I, said. I, I, I like to keep it. I try to keep it clean for the kids at home. But he's such a he's just he's just, he's just sadist for no other reason. And yeah, he's a bad guy. You want to see die? So I think that's perfect. Yes. Um, I think given this damn. I haven't given this season a subtitle yet, have this? Or this half season? No, not that I'm aware of. They broke an earth or hollow earth or... Uh, the earth is really the, broken. Yes, true. The reveal that what... The, was it Duke or whatever his name was a, was working against them? That was like no Oh, Derek. Oh, Deke. Well, Deke. I don't think... He, Duke, His Deke, thing whatever. is he thinks that she needed to be put in a corner because he thought she was out of control. He's not wrong. Because Daisy was off doing whatever the heck she was going to do, and she hadn't talked to anybody, and she was coming up with a plan all by herself, assuming that the rules of the old world were the same. And she didn't understand consequences, which was that, I I don't even think she got briefed on the fact if one Kree gets found dead, then they kill like 10 humans. Like, Mm -hmm. she didn't know about that at all, and she was off to go kill whoever, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So he needed her to calm down to be put in a corner for a minute. So I'm not entirely mad at him for that, because she wasn't listening. He kept trying to tell her that stuff was not what she assumed, and she was like, of course it is, because I'm cool and I'm Daisy, but whatever. All right, uh, Aaron, your thoughts? Um... Yes, I'm really enjoying um, this. Uh, like you said, Libya, I don't know where it's going. And so that's the part that intrigues me so much. Um, and I like that seeing all of these characters um, really put into a situation where they can't do what they normally know to do. They have to figure out other ways to survive right. uh, in this environment. And, and that's what, what keeps pulling me back in. Um, and especially, I mean, seeing the Earth busted up into pieces um it's just so intriguing and then uh hearing that it was quake who did it and and so i I think that there's a lot of great um nuggets that they placed in there and i'm looking forward to all of the payoffs coming up in the season um i'm loving the character dynamics i'm loving to see more of yo-yo and mac yeah because i I, i was trying to go back and i was trying to remember i don't remember a whole lot of them fighting side by side or have so much screen time together um, in previous seasons. So I'm really, and if they did, I just don't remember it, but I'm really enjoying seeing those dynamics 
Um, well, you know, and, my my uh, go to couple is uh, Colson and May, and oh, yeah. now they just got split up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so, but May got to considering that that leg injury is for real. She yeah. is doing some crazy amount of uh, fighting, and I'm really Wait. impressed. What do you mean for real? You mean in real life? In real life, yes. She uh, had knee surgery over the summer because uh, she hurt herself in the finale of last season. She was oh. kicking something or doing something, and she totally blew out her knee, and so she had to have surgery over the summer. And so, so they gave her a leg injury to match the fact that she has a leg injury. Oh, I was wondering why they were dragging it out the leg business i thought well this is going nowhere i don't really care about it you know what i mean unless she got it and it gets infected and it affects the story somehow no no, no. she she actually like on the set she uses yeah. a little scooter to get from the set to her car and Ow. run and like when she's doing cons and stuff she has a little scooter to uh get her around the con so wow. she can walk on it um right. but it's not fully healed yet and the fact that she's jumping around and kicking people in the face is just like, whoa. That's why she you're scooter all the other time. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think, Susan? Uh, Yusun, what did you think? Uh, I'll keep this short. Ditto, ditto, ditto. <laughs> I mean, pretty much everything you guys said, ditto. Uh, I, I think this is just it's it's fun it's great it, uh, i will go back to tom though and say i kind of know what he's saying and when the show first started the ep- season i thought are they is this just a quick uh, you know thing and they're are they going back like are, how long are we going to be in space for um but then i just let go and i thought well this is just so good and fun i, I don't care i don't care if this turns into a whole different show i was like i know these characters now you want to take me to space i'm coming so yeah, no, I'm I'm loving it and everything you guys said. All right. So um, the big twist at the end, uh, we finally get Fitz, uh, and we because they never gave an explanation on why they didn't grab Fitz in the beginning. Like he was in the he was at the diner and they grabbed everybody but him, and now he has made it to the future with the team and he's wearing like when they showed the guy with the mask on, I was like, he's gonna be somebody we know, and I had no idea who it was gonna be. And he took the mask on. I was like, Fitz! And so next week we get to find out, one, uh, what Fitz did when he woke up alone at the counter. And then hopefully how he ended up in the future with the team. So, yay! Yep. So it's all Fitz, all, all episode, which can be good depending on if his character super evil or good. Like, he can turn it on. Like, that actor can do good when, they, when the script matches his ability. So Mm -hmm. looking forward to it. All right. Next podcast, we will be doing the best and worst of 2017. If you guys have any comments or votes or thoughts on that, please send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, send it to the same place. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Wheatonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.